Amen, amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Aloha. Aloha. And welcome. Welcome to the Salvation Army Croc Center. We're so glad that you're here this morning joining us in worship. It's a beautiful day to worship with brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're visiting with us this morning, we want to say a special aloha, a special welcome to you. Thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. We know that you have a choice in where to worship, so thank you for joining us this morning. We hope you'll find a welcome place here, friendly people, people who love the Lord, people who love you as well, because we do love the Lord. So thank you for joining us this morning. It's always good to have uh, our leaders visiting with us, and uh, we often have our divisional leaders join us, and uh, they don't live too far away on the other side of the island. The other side, as I say. This is the good side. They live in the east side. We're a west side. Amen, right? But it's always good to have our divisional leaders, Majors John and Lonnie Chamness. Let's welcome them. And some of their divisional staff is here as well. It's always good to have you here, John and Lonnie. And it's always a special treat to have our territorial leaders with us. And um, they were with us just a few months ago. Some of you may remember them. Uh, they are Commissioners Kenneth and Jolene Hodder. Let's uh, greet them with a warm aloha. And some of you may recall when the commissioners spoke. Maybe this picture will help remind us of... Remember? He's the cheeseburger man. He spoke about that juicy cheeseburger. Brings back memories, right? Well, it's good to have the commissioners here. And I'm going to ask Commissioner Ken to come up and introduce our international leaders. Very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. I have been dying to do this since I came back to the islands yesterday. Aloha. Wow, that is wonderful. I do appreciate that. Yes, in fact, my wife and I are back here again in the islands after a wonderful visit here earlier this year. And yes, I did use the image of the cheeseburger in my last sermon. I'm not going to talk about cheeseburgers today. I would, however, like to talk about the wonderful food that we had last night at the luau at Paradise Cove. Lummy salmon? Lumi. Lumi lomi. Lomi salmon. Lomi salmon, it was wonderful. It was delectable, and it had a wonderful flavor. I even enjoyed poi last night. I'd never had poi before. Yes. Yes, indeed. It was marvelous. So every time I come to Hawaii, I have a wonderful time either eating things I haven't eaten in many, many years, like cheeseburgers, or trying new things. So thank you again to Majors Chamness and to Majors Lum for all the hospitality and kindness you've extended to the Hotters. Well, friends, we had such a good time last time that we wanted to bring two more very special guests here to the Croc Center in Hawaii. The concept of ohana is critical to the culture of Hawaii. This is something of which I've become very conscious. It's a beautiful concept. So we have brought with us, if you will, the spiritual parents of the Salvation Army ohana around the world, which encompasses 128 countries and six continents. 
General Andre Cox was born in Zimbabwe of Swiss parents, and Commissioner Sylvia Cox was born of European officers in Argentina. So they are people who understand international ohana. In fact, when he was elected general in 2013, General Cox said that he dreamt of a Salvation Army in which all cultures would be celebrated by virtue of the spiritual ties that bind us together. What a beautiful concept. What a beautiful ohana. Friends, will you please join me in greeting the international leaders of the Salvation Army, General Andre Cox and Commissioner Sylvia Cox. Well, good morning. It's great to be here. We really feel privileged to be part of uh, this worship service. Um, We get to travel to a few places around the world, and uh, in fact, our life has been rather nomadic after... Uh, 2013 when I was elected as the 20th General of the Salvation Army. But what a privilege to travel around the world, to see the beauty of the world, but also to see the beauty of lives that are changed and transformed. And that, I think, is the greatest privilege that we have. And as we've traveled around the world, we have seen some pretty special places, and this would have to rate very high, if not top, on the list of the places we have had the privilege of visiting. And yet, as we have traveled around the island, we realize, yes, it is a paradise, but when you scratch below the surface, the paradise... uh, is not equal for all. And uh, it's great to come into a place of worship like this this morning, to lift up our hands, to lift up our hearts in praise to God, to thank God for his provision, to thank God for his blessings, to thank God for his healing. But I'm reminded of the fact that as we are a privileged people and as we gather in God's presence this morning, He hasn't called us here simply so that we can have a warm and fuzzy feeling. He hasn't called us here so that we can feel secure, that we can feel loved. He calls us here because he wants to speak to us, because he wants to engage us in the rescue mission that our world represents. Because there are so many people who still have not seen the light. So many people who are still bound in suffering. So many people who are still prisoners to their addictions. We need to be mindful of the fact that the reason that we are here is because God calls us to that mission, which is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to meet human need in his name. He wants to engage us in that mission. And so as we gather as a privileged people and as we give thanks to God for all he has done for us, we're not here just to be spectators. We're here to be equipped and to be sent out into our world. And there is no other urgent mission than to do that. And our Bible reading this morning points us, I think, in this direction as I read from Acts chapter 2. Verses 17 to 19. 
and then verse 39. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. I pray that we will hear his call today and that we will respond. May God bless you. Hallelujah. It's a privilege for me to greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We're looking forward to come, and here we are in Hawaii, this beautiful land, beautiful country with beautiful people. So I just can thank the Lord for being here and praise the Lord for his presence with us today. The Lord is good is really good, and I've experienced, experienced that in my life too. In London, where we live, it's time for election. And you know what's happened when it's election. We hear a lot of people talking, there's a lot of discourse, and then the politicians are making a lot of promises. And if we believe them, there will be the paradise on earth. We know that we can't really trust all those promises, unfortunately. We can't... We hear things, but we're not very sure if it's really going to happen. But today, today, I want to talk about promise, but the promise which are certain... Because you see, I believe that the promises that God tells us are certain. The Bible says that God is faithful to all his promises. God is faithful to all his promises. That's why I'm here today. Because I can trust him. You know, it's not like all those discourse I, I hear every day in London. Nuh-uh. Those promises which are in the Bible, they are certain. They've been verified in my life, but also during history. Everything he has promised has come true. And so we can really believe in God's promise. And today, I want you to remember that, that the promises of God are certain. And like we heard at the last verse, the promises is for you. It's not only for the people in the Bible there. You know, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the disciple, all those good people. Uh-uh. It's written in the Bible, and we read it this morning in verse 39. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. That's us. For all 
whom the Lord our God will call. When Jesus was on earth, he told his disciple that actually when he go back to heaven, he will send a comforter. He will send the Holy Spirit. He will send a helper. And he told the disciple to wait until that promise will be realized. And we know that that promise did realize in Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came. You know, another promise, which is true. What happened? Jesus told the disciple, then he went to heaven and he told them, wait, wait. They waited and one day the Holy Spirit came and he transformed the life of those people. Because Jesus has said, when the Holy Spirit come, in that verse, very famous verse, Act 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That was the promise of Jesus to his disciple. They were afraid, they were still hiding But he said, when the Holy Spirit come, you will receive a power. And in Pentecost, that's exactly what's happened. All they were together in that room, the Holy Spirit came. And he transformed them. They went out into the street. They couldn't stay inside. They had to tell. They had to say to the people what had happened. And the people were saying, but they're mad. They're drunk. What's happening? There's something wrong with those people. And that's when we see Peter addressing the crowd. And that's when he tried to explain to those people, those many people in Jerusalem, wondering what was happening there. He's trying to explain what was happening. And he said, those people are not drunk. They are full of the Holy Spirit. And he said, but you still, in the Old Testament, it was already written, and we read it this morning, verse 17. In the last day, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. You sons and daughters will prophesy, men and women, eh? No difference anymore. The Holy Spirit is for everybody, men and women. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will see dream. Even on my servant, both men and women again, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and sign on the earth below. below. Bloods and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then Peter continued and explained on saying that that Jesus that they had seen on the cross who died but didn't stay on the cross, resurrected again, that Jesus is the one who went to heaven and is that Jesus who now is sending the Holy Spirit. And then he said that sentence which is so important and that promise is for you. And this morning, that promise is for you. The disciple, we can see there had been a difference. They were afraid. They were in that room, afraid of the Jewish people. But when the power came on them, 
they came out and they went out and they were able to testify to the, to the Lord. And Jesus also had said, repentance and forgiveness will be preached to the end of the earth. And that's what was happening just now. Repentance and forgiveness of sin were preached. And it's still preached. And on that day, it was the start of a big revival. 3,000 people accepted the promise. 3,000 people asked Jesus to forgive them. And they received the Holy Spirit. And that was the start of what we are today. It has continued. And the church is still growing. And Jesus is still giving forgiveness and power. And that promise of the Holy Spirit is for each one of us today. Paul, Peter said, it's for you, for your children. And for you who are far off. That promise is for us. And when the Holy Spirit comes in us, he fills us with power. He gives us the power to do our service for him. Like I said, and like the general said, we've got a mission, but we can't do it by ourselves. It's difficult to testify. We need somebody to help us. And when we ask Jesus to forgive our sin, the Holy Spirit come and empower us and he make us fit for service. You know, he's the one who allows us, who gives us the power to do that. And he transforms us. If you had known me a long, long time ago when I was young, now I'm a grandmother, so it's a long time ago, a, a very proud grandmother, the Lord has been good, given me, given us grandchildren, but if you seen me when I was young, I was, I was so afraid to speak on, on the platform, you know? I was afraid to fly, to take a plane. I was afraid of everything, more or less. But when, the, when I gave my life to Jesus, he worked on me, and he transformed me, and he gave me the assurance that he is my Savior and my Lord, and he gave me what I needed for his service. If he said, you're going to be my witness, then he has to help us, isn't it? And that's what he did with me. He gave me the courage to speak in public. Sometimes there's lots and lots of people. But it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit who gave me this power. And he can do that for each one of you. He transforms us. The beauty is that Jesus accepts us like we are. He doesn't ask you to be good. You know, that's not the condition for him. It's not the condition. He doesn't want perfect people. He wants you like you are because he loves you like you are. But then, he doesn't want you to stay like that. You see? Then he transforms you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what makes all the difference. Some people want to try to be good first. They think they need to merit God's love. They need to do something good so that that God in heaven will be happy with them. That's not how it does. He said, I love you. I accept you like you are. 
with all your fright, with all your stupid thing, with whatever you don't like about you. He accepts you like you are, and then he transforms you. And day by day, we become more like Jesus. And this promise of the Holy Spirit is not reserved for one or two people. It is also for you. And so the Holy Spirit, when he comes on you, he gives you that power that we need. He's the only one who does that. But the Holy Spirit doesn't do only that. He also gives you the power to, to live a holy life. So not only if he gives you the power for service and to be the witness and to do what God wants you to do, the Holy Spirit, when he comes on you, make you, give you, transform you so that you are able to live a holy life. Then the fruit of the Spirit are growing in you. Love, peace, joy, all those um, fruit that we find in Galatians. And that's, I think, is sometimes we forget that. I think we just think of the Holy Spirit of power, which is true. But it's not only power for service. It's power to live a life that God wants you to live. He's the one who helps you to make the right decision. When you are young people, there's a lot of choice sometimes. And if you are his child... And if you are faithful in reading his word, because that's very important, if you are faithful in reading his word and praying and listening to him, then he will help you to be like he wants you to be, to live that holy life. Because again, we can't try to be holy. And some people manage quite well to do good things. But only the Holy Spirit is the one who transforms us and helps us to become more and more like Jesus. So he gives us power for his service. He helps us to walk in holiness. And you know, when the people in Jerusalem heard about that Holy Spirit, heard about that story, then they said to Peter, but what shall we do? They said, but if all what you said is true, what shall we do? Maybe some of you, as you're listening, maybe you're also saying that. What shall we do then? What shall we do? Peter said, repent. You see, that's where it starts. We need to ask forgiveness. We need to ask Jesus to forgive our sin. Jesus died on the cross for us, for a reason, so that we could be reconciled with God. So the first step, if you're asking, but what shall I do today, is to repent. That's the first step. The Holy Spirit will not come if you do not repent. If you want that power, you need to ask forgiveness first. That's the first condition, repent. And also you have then to declare it publicly. You, know, you can't be a secret 
Christian. You have to tell. There's many Bible verses in the Bible who say that. Uh, because when you say it, that doesn't save you. But you proclaim it. Jesus saves nobody else. But when you proclaim it publicly, then the devil hear it. And your friends hear it. Then you can't go back. You see, you could just repent at home and say, yes, Lord, I know I need to forgive. I need to your forgiveness. And then God will forgive you. No problem. But if you want that power, then go and tell people. You know? Until you've declared it publicly that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Then, yes, you are saved because Jesus saved you. But you are... Not exactly what Jesus wants to do. He wants to use you. And thus you have to say, Jesus is my savior. And through the Holy Spirit, he will give you that power to testify for him. And I repeat it again. And I like you to keep that verse with you. Because sometimes I feel that people hear the message. They they listen, but it's like if it's not really for you. It's like if it's for somebody else or for all those good people. But I want to say it again and again today. Peter said, the promise, that promise that Jesus said, that Holy Spirit, that forgiveness of sin, that promise, Peter said once again, is for you. And your children. It's for you and your children. And for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. If you forget everything I've said, please remember that when you go home. Whatever promise is in the Bible, it's for you. Especially for you today. It's for you. And your children, you also can be full of the Holy Spirit. You also can have that power to witness. You also can have that power to change, to be different. Sometimes there are some addiction. Sometimes there are something that we said, but we just can't. But that's exactly what God can do. He's the God of the impossible. When you ask him, he will do it. And you just need to be sure. You just need to say, that promise is for me. It's also for me today. And age doesn't matter. It's from the little child to the more hundred senior people, anybody today. The promise that we read in the Bible is for us, all of us. What shall we do? Repent. And then ask Jesus to forgive you. And the Holy Spirit, that promise, will come on you. We'll have a time now of uh, prayer. And uh, just think about what God is telling you. But just remember... 
the promise is for you. Amen. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And allow God's Holy Spirit this morning. I believe he's already speaking to our hearts through his word, through his messenger. The promises, the promise is for you. It's a personal promise. So as the music plays and the worship team will come and sing a song, I invite you this morning. We have the place of prayer here. If you'd like to come and pray and kneel, the promise is out there, but we have to claim that promise. As Commissioner Sylvia said, repent and believe and confess with our mouth, with our mouth, what God is doing in our heart. So I invite you to come and come freely. If you want someone to pray with you, someone would be more than happy to pray with you. But remember the promises of God, that he loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love, a love that never ends. The Word of God says, even while we were still sinners, while we were still sinning, God loved us and he demonstrated his love for us and he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. You don't have to come to Jesus being good and perfect and clean. We just come as you are. God will accept you and love you. And then you move on. And as the word says, God will empower you with his Holy Spirit to live a holy life, to live a life of service. So as the worship team sings, you come, you come and pray. Let's bow in prayer together. This morning as I pray, if there's a special need in your heart or in your life, you want me to remember you in prayer, I'll be happy to do that. With no one looking around, if you just want to slip up your hand and slip it down, I'll be happy to pray for you this morning. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. God knows your heart. He knows your circumstances as well. And he loves you. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and for the sacrifice he made on that cross to die for our sins. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit, the comforter, the encourager, the one who comes alongside of us and equips us and empowers us to live a life that is pleasing to you. So, Father, we thank you for who you are. And, Father, I lift up to you those who have come to this place of prayer for healing, for forgiveness, for whatever their needs are, Father, we know that you are more than able, more than able to meet those needs. And Father, for those who raise their hands this morning, they raise their hands in faith saying, God, I need you. I need you in my life right now. So Father, I pray a special prayer of blessing on them. You know their hearts and you know what's going on, what's taking place in their lives right at this very moment. Those things that weigh heavy on their minds, those burdens, those anxious thoughts, whatever it may be, Father, we know that you are a God who hears our prayers. You are a compassionate God. You know what's going on in our lives, and you care about us. And so, Father, we just come to you as we are, and we offer you our needs and our prayers of thanksgiving, of praise, of blessing, 
but also of our prayer of needs because we need you, Father. We need you so much in our lives. So, Heavenly Father, continue to bless us this day. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.